Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Event Industry News Podcast with me, James Dixon. As always, wishing you a very good morning, afternoon, or evening, whenever or wherever you tune into today's podcast from. And I always go through that little uh, sort of introduction, the good morning, afternoon, and evening, which I fell into by complete accident when we first started to record these podcasts four or five years ago. And it just became something that I say. And it's become more and more apt over recent uh, in recent years as we welcome more and more guests from the other side of the pond, from our great friends over in North America, as our industry and our network of contacts and our network of podcast followers has expanded. And I'm delighted to say that we go over all the way to the other side of the USA today, over to LA, and welcome LA's number one event planner, the absolute party goddess, who anybody who's anybody has been on social media will have seen this name crop up at some point. I'm absolutely certain about it. I'm really excited to welcome to the Event Industry News podcast today, Marley Major, the party goddess. Marley, thanks for joining us from LA this morning. Well, thank you for having me. I love it. And I love the across the pond. Every time I hear like across the pond, I just want to go back across the pond, you know, well, so it's so exciting. <laughs> And you join us today having just literally done that, haven't you? You've just gone transatlantic and landed back in LA from Dublin, I think you said you were at? Yes, and through Heathrow, and I just was like, oh, I want to stay. Like, you know, especially now because all the Christmas stuff and everything is coming, and I just, you know, back to work, you know how it goes. Back to work. And, uh, but, and of course, Thanksgiving over there for you guys tomorrow, uh, I think. We're recording this on the on the 24th of November, just for some context for our listeners and our followers, uh, depending on when this actually goes out and gets 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 uh, published. Um, but yeah, uh, Thanksgiving for you guys tomorrow. So party season, presumably in full swing. Yes, the madness is beginning. And I love Thanksgiving so much. I was thinking this yesterday because it's like here the world starts to slow down a little bit. It seems like, you know, on Martin Luther King Day or on, you know, any other kind of holiday, people can text and email and be like, but on Thanksgiving, it seems like really taboo to like have to work. I don't know why. Right. It's it's like, ah. And so I'm thinking it's so nice until Friday morning when, ah, you know. <laughs> so you get 24 hours away from the, um, exactly. from, the pla- from the planning madness. And, and as I said, you know, it, enthusiastically, and, and if, if there was any sort of humor detected in my tone on that intro, forgive me, because genuinely your reputation in L.A. is as you know, the party planner. Um, You've worked with a lot of names, both individuals and companies and organizations over the last few years. Um, Would you mind sort of going back in time a little bit just at the start of this for people who maybe not be so so familiar with your work and just tell people how you ended up in this in this business called events? (laughs) Okay, well, that you're gonna we were joking at the beginning of this isn't gonna be a Seth Rogen podcast. It will be if we go that far. But I will try to like, make it super short. So I grew up in Pasadena, California, and then I got my business degree from Georgetown. And the summer before my junior year, I didn't have anything that was like inspiring me. So I decided I'm going to go to Normandy. Excuse me, I'm going to go to Paris to go to cooking school. And I did. And, you know, I was in Paris the whole summer and came back and ran into my professor the first week of school. And I was, you know, brown nosing, of course. And I was like, oh, my gosh, I love, you know, this one class that I was in. Uh, It was like a speech class. And she said, I said, listen, you know, um, it was on what I knew more about than anybody else. And at Georgetown, it was literally absolutely nothing. And my mom was like, why don't you do it on French cooking? You know, because like you definitely know more about that than those kids. So I was like, 
Okay, that's true. So I, I said, listen, and I'm doing it on French cooking, and I have an interview with the chef from 1789, which is this very fancy restaurant, old school in DC. And she was like, oh my God, that's my favorite restaurant. So I go home in tears because I'm just like, oh my, I just, I don't, how am I going to get this interview? Chefs are notoriously egotistical and like whatever. So one of my roommates said, don't worry. I will set it up. He's brand new. He's from New York. He will, he's too new to know that like he can say no, you know? So I was like, (laughs) all I need is just like see him so that I'm not lying. And so I met him. And as soon as I met him, I decided I needed to marry him. And you know, why not? And so I was 19 why not? and he was 20 years older than I was. So that was one slight stumbling block. And then uh, I was also, he, the kitchen of 1789 is like in the basement. It's like in the bowels of these, you know, old little buildings. And I was like, and I'm never going to see this guy again. I've got to think fast. So I noticed two things on this kind of goes, starts playing in the business brain of mine, which is that he had souffles on the menu and souffles are notoriously difficult for restaurants mm-hmm. to have on the menu because, you know, they, they can be overcooked or undercooked. They're a pain in the neck. It's all timing. And the second thing was that there were, of course, really no women in the kitchen and everybody spoke Spanish and he did not. And he, he would say he kind of did, but he didn't. And so I was like, okay, here's my in. I'm going, you know, basically be the Spanish speaking souffle chef. Right. So I think I had done one, a sum total of one souffle in cooking school, but I was like, I'm going to freaking figure this out. And this is before you could watch YouTube videos. So I you know, did my interview and then I was like, okay, so like, can I shadow you again, you know, kind of for my whole thing. And he was like, you know, okay, yeah, whatever. I mean, you can come back like Tuesday or something. And I know he didn't think I was going to come. So I came back, of course, again, in full hair and makeup, like, <laughs> and the long story short is that I, Got out of school at 2.30 and three days a week from 3.30 to 11.30, I did my shift and smiled and nodded as the makeup like melted off my face every night, never (laughs) asked me out. And then uh, finally, I went to cooking school in Normandy before my senior year and I plotted the entire summer how I was going to ruin his life when I quit and had this big like you know, announcement that so I go back my senior year and I was like, okay, you know, school is too much. I've got to quit, blah, blah, blah. So he asked me out and then we were engaged the month after graduation and came back to California. And if you want, if you marry a chef and you want to ever see them, you get into the same business as they are in. Sure. So uh, he and I opened a restaurant and then started a catering company from that and took over an event planning space. And, you know, there, there's so much to it that I even go over in my, you know, I wrote a book to solve my own problems because I had <laughs> many of them in business. And so, you know, then you get to this point and then shocker, he and I are having marital problems and I'm having this bad skiing accident. And well, I mean, it was just like, literally it was like a cluster. And one of, and so fortunately we owned the land that the restaurant was on. And so my dad said, listen, why are you doing this? Like you love the parties. You don't love the restaurant business. You love sure, the yeah. yeah. Why don't you do the parties and we partner up and you know, you're going to make more money. I was like, no, because I, I have failed. I mean, I'm thinking that, which is the biggest joke because I was failing all over the place. Right. I was the only <laughs> one I think that kind of hadn't really gotten the memo. And so I finally, the skiing accident where I'm like in the full brace and in rehab, I'm like, okay, and my job is standing, right? And I was just like, there's got to be a messenger. So I said, fine. And so we did that and we partnered up. And then in 2000, 
uh, I started the party guys. And I'm kind of laughing when you, when you're saying LA is number one party plan, because the reason I came up, he's like, how did you come up with that name? That's such a great name. And the reason I came up with it is because it's like for framework here, I'm going through a divorce, right? I've just been named entrepreneur of the year. And um, then the newspaper comes out and on the front page and says, oh, I'm a fraud or whatever, basically because, you know, they didn't know the inner workings of how I we'd cut this deal and that I was, you know, launching this event planning thing. So in the meantime, they come out with this like, oh, she just won this thing and now her business is closing. And I was like, well, it's not. Here's the segue. But, you know, that's a whole other story. And then, you know, I have a one year old and I'm like, you know, because my life looked amazing on the outside. And, and we all know, I mean, these days through social media, everybody's lives look amazing on the outside. Sure. Yeah. And yeah. That's the whole the point of the social media. That's the whole point, right? Like you're not going to post. And today I had gallbladder surgery, but um, I mean, maybe actually I would. But so I was at this super low point in my life and I was like, okay, obviously I need to do events. Like what the heck? I'm not going to, what is my, the name of my company going to be? And I was just kind of brainstorming and I was like, you know, the party goddess, why not? Right. Like, I mean, what other kind of like Phoenix could rise from the sun and come up with that name? And I remember because LA, you know, in New York, here are two very competitive, um, very, very competitive uh, markets. I bet. Yeah. And I mean, so it's top, total doggy dog. And so I remember starting out and my boyfriend at the time was in the industry introduced me and he was like, you can do this. Cause I was like, I can't. I was like, and so he was like, you can. And so he would introduce me and he was like, and this is Marley, you know, she's the party goddess. And I remember the first time he said that to a group of people and they were like, the party goddess, like, oh, and I just remember looking at them and just thinking, I'm going to freaking eat you for lunch one day. And I was like, oh, yes, I am the party goddess. Like, if I have to be the party goddess, boy, I'm going to be the party goddess. And so then, you know, I started down this road, which is now, you know, 21 years ago. And I really realized after that day there's millions of event planners. I mean, the one statistic I saw was like, there's like 486,000 event planner, English speaking event planners. I mean, it's insane. Yeah. So how do you stand out, especially since I'm already in this very competitive market? And that's when I decided, listen, I've got to find me some celebrities here because if I don't, I'm just another bull, you know? And sure, people, yeah, yeah, yeah. The biggest thing people could do is like steal your pictures from your website. I mean, these days, forget it. Like, you know, people steal your entire profile and identity. Yeah, they do. That's yeah, the they do. So I just was like, okay, you know, how am I going to, and it was literally like, how am I going to get me some celebrities? Because I was like, what am I going to do? And so I started after that goal, not knowing how I was going to get there, but thinking this was the ticket. And then slowly but surely, you know, you get the Z list and then, you know, Z takes you to P list and then you kind of get to E and then you're at a D list. And then then you sort of, the you know, the train is going. And I was like, if I can just keep kind of ratcheting this up and I can get a big name, you know, then... Because, right, we know that. I mean, supposedly, yeah. if the media says you're amazing, you're amazing. If the media, if a celebrity says you're amazing, you're amazing, which took me a long time to kind of drink that Kool-Aid because it's like, sure. it's just, you know, sort of amazing before, but now whatever. Okay. Mm. So, and then I remember it was, it just started snowballing. And then we got um, 
Britney Spears, ironically, who's had a lot in the news lately. Absolutely. And, There's um, somebody who needs to throw a party. <laughs> I was going to say, I mean, it's so funny because when I was in Dublin, they're like, don't you think you should reach out to her now? And I was like, oh my God, that is like the ultimate like ambulance chasing. But I was like, maybe. <laughs> I mean, I don't, you know, business is business. Yeah, business is business. And so then, you know, we got Pierce Brosnan, um, who's the nicest person on the history, in the history of the world. And then it was just like one thing after, and then, then I started kind of realizing how the game is played. You know, it's, mm. it's sort of like when social media started, you know, you didn't really realize how the game was played, like that people, in the, you know, buy followers that, I mean, there's all this stuff that kind of goes on behind the scenes. Which sure, I, yeah. I just thought, Oh, you know, people magazine hears about the event. Well, no, it's much more behind the scenes structured than that. And so I, my eyes opened like, wow, this is its own machine. And, but I was like, I better stay on this train if I mm. want to stand out. And sure enough, I remember one of the things I remember exactly where I was, it was spring break, you know, or spring break time, whatever. And I was, I was um, reading a magazine with one of my girlfriends and, and, you know, some of my friends well, could, could, I mean, their family's net worth was 20 times these celebrities. I mean, literally. And I just remember like reading the magazines and just like, and they'd be like, oh, look, so-and-so's doing whatever. So-and-so's wearing this or so. And I remember thinking like you guys could out and could roll them up in a donut roll, you know, with the, <laughs> with the fact that they were a celebrity made all the difference. And I just kept thinking, this is the path forward if this is going to be my business. And so I was very strategic about it. And, you know, the basics were there. I loved events. I loved creating these like crazy snarky experiences. You know, we were good at doing events. We yeah. create our own props. We do all that stuff. So the, those things were all there. I mean, it wasn't like I could just be like, oh, hi. But it was a strategy. And in these days, I think more than ever, it's got to be a strategy, you know, to be successful in events. I mean, it is freaking cutthroat. It is tough. And and, and yeah. something that I'm going to throw at you is this yeah. idea, especially from, and this is not a critique or a criticism of, of younger people coming, in, coming into the industry, but yeah. younger people I found over here in the UK, particularly who are coming into the events industry sometimes come in with a bit of a sort of a doughy eyed approach to it where they think that they're going to come straight into the glamorous end of organizing, you know, Beyonce's next tour uh, yeah. and et cetera, et cetera. And they, they don't realize that actually when they step into the industry for the first time, their first job is probably going to be in some hotel banqueting suite, organizing weddings once a week or twice a week. Um, you, know, the next you have to be prepared to do the groundwork at the bottom. Their first job and their 200th job and their 299th. I mean, my dad used to say, like, I was like the most educated dishwasher he ever knew because that's, <laughs> you know, when it's your deal, yeah. guess what? Somebody doesn't show up. Somebody wants to leave early. Somebody's in overtime. You know, you can't leave Miss XYZ celebrities. I'd be like, oh, whatever. So-and-so left. It's like, okay, then it gets done. And I don't think people realize, especially now more and more with social media, like, I, I mean... You, you, it is dirty, heavy, 
work. And people would be like, my gosh, you're like really strong. And I was like, yeah, because I've, I've spent my whole life like moving tables and, you know, stacking chairs and carrying props and furniture, carrying and props and furniture, and moving a couch and somebody going, okay, we're going to tape this right now. And you're like, Oh, hi, didn't even know that. Okay. Couch, you know, like, let me put my blouse on. It, it is a very, to do, to do well, I should say to do well, it takes time and it takes a lot of commitment. And, and I, you have you have to be hands on, don't you? You have to be you present have there. To. Because it's, if you want to develop a reputation as somebody who can deliver, you have to be visibly showing that you're willing to put the work into that client. And that, that's half the battle, I think. If the client sees you doing that hard work, right, right. they will go, wow, she worked for her money and she delivered the event she promised. Yeah. And it's also, though, we can't forget the component of positioning and branding, you know, so along the lines of like, okay, the client, you know, she worked hard and she deserves it. Okay. hundred percent. First of all, you, you got to be there for many reasons because there's so many things that will go wrong and that makes a person event. But on top of it, there's that whole piece of like, you know, if we deconstruct how much a Chanel purse costs to buy, right. It's probably not that much more expensive than a lot of other purses, but it certainly costs a lot more. Right. Mm -hmm. And it's because of this, whole marketing component around it that gets people to be like, I have to have it. And I think when you're a planner out there these days in any aspect, whether you're running a venue or anything, you have to go and, and create that mystique, whatever that is. It can't be false, but it has to be something. And you know, we talk about in marketing, this is creating a story and, and why people fall in love with people and brands and identity. And it's true. They have to have something that makes you just want to like, oh my gosh, like whether it's aspirational or something else, because they're not going to pay the fees that you have to command because sure. there is so much work and so many expenses behind the scenes, which I talk a lot about in my book, like why so many of us are in these creative businesses and we're not making any money because we don't realize wow it's the FedEx charge on the linens that I didn't order and now by the way there's you know mm. a shipping delay and now there's and it's well, the, yeah the client wants an exclusive bottle of scotch imported you know right and you're like okay overnight and you, and you price it for them right but you didn't you, you kind of guesstimated the shipping or whatever and the next thing you know I mean you're just eating your lunch and all those things but that's what you have to do and a lot of people don't realize that that it's like, if I put a price to my client, well, guess what? And something goes wrong and I've quoted it and, and that's on me then. I'm eating that, you know, that all just is like chink, chink, chink into your bottom line. So it's a very long-winded answer to whatever. Well, I no, 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 but the, the, there's, there's something that you touched on there, which is the aspirational aspect yeah. as well. You know, people are attracted to things that they think are out of their reach or slightly yeah. out of their reach. If a yeah. restaurant is full and you can't get a reservation there for six months, there's something attractive about that. There's something that says, wow, we need to book that for seven, eight months. So whenever we can get in, if something is out of reach of somebody, right. it creates that aspiration to want to use it. And if you can paint, a picture as a business owner and as an event organizer and as yeah. a party planner of something that, wow, I'd love her to organize my wedding, but right. she, she, there's no way I could afford her. There's no way I could do that. Right. You know, it, 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 if you can even paint that picture, even if it's smoke and mirrors, yeah. it, put, it puts you in a good position. Yeah. And it it's, it's funny because it's kind of like, you know, it's a little bit like dating when, you know, there's the girl who's like so nice and so amazing. And so like, 
but available, right? And then don't we know the story? I mean, a million movies are made about it, about the one that's kind of the, it's just a little, just a little bit out of reach. And I, I think like we're just wired to want a little bit of the chase and some people want more of the chase. And, you know, they've done a lot of studies that there is a certain percentage of the population that as soon as you price it, just like something in the stratosphere, that percentage will always bite because they want to be that person, you know, like, like we have, you know, we would get the Neiman Marcus catalog, you know, a million years ago when you're getting the big Christmas book. And I remember seeing these things like the $50,000 little, you know, car for kids or something, or the, you know, some champagne martini, blah, blah, blah for $20,000. And you're like, who's going to buy that? And then when I finally started looking at some of these neuroeconomic studies, you realize those things are placed there just for that percentage of people who just wants to be the person that says, oh, I got that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Absolutely. Um, You know, why do rest, you know, a lot of restaurants that most restaurants carry champagne, but you know, why do you only see, a few magnums in the back of the fridge. Exactly. Why do you only see one Nebuchadnezzar at the side? It's because on the day that that one person comes in and says, I'll have the Nebuchadnezzar, please, of champagne. Right. The, 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 you know, everyone in that restaurant will turn and go, holy but, shit, look right. at those guys with a gigantic bottle. Right. And now, mind you, right, the credit card might get declined at the end of the meal paying for that, but it doesn't matter, right? Because it's all about the, oh, Who's that? You know, and so I think in this industry or in business, especially now, you've got to really think about your business component. Like, what is your secret sauce going to be? What makes you so special that people are going to want to like pay more than everybody else down down the line? And it's unfortunate sometimes because we want to just do this because we love it, but if that's the case, then you have to just keep it as a hobby and do it for your friends mm. instead of, you know, doing it for actually to make a living and pay your mortgage. Yeah. Maybe, maybe there's a lesson there in what we've just spoken, which is, which is for businesses to have that one thing that they only need to sell one of Yeah, that they yeah. tell everybody about. And they yeah. know that 99% of their clients are going to say, I can't afford that, but right. they need that one thing that one client can buy because it, purely gives them the opportunity to say to everybody else oh, exactly this is this and it's slightly out of your reach yeah, you know yeah. th- 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 there is that aspiration thing um i, I- i'd love to get into to some of the um i suppose that the, the sort of the more uh, some may say mundane i say day-to-day excitement of organizing events and get some of the stories because you know for us in the uk there is something exotic and attractive and exciting when you say i'm talking to an event planner that's based in la we've all seen the movies we all get this instant image of the blue sky and the hollywood hills and it Um, is a beautiful blue sky today i will tell you i mean it's gonna be 80 degrees and it's the day before thanksgiving and i'm sitting here going oh but i love rain like why can't it be dublin (laughs) london weather you know i mean it's which is the, the grass well, in, is greener or the you know sky absolutely. well we're ready to be indulged certainly for the listeners and people who are listening to this in in the uk and in europe at the moment um we would love to get you know a couple of stories from you tell us about some of the stuff you've you've worked on recently stuff that's coming up or any events that really stick in your mind and, and some names that you can drop into that 
Yeah, so I can, so this one is a great story, which I'll tell you, which I can't drop the name, but then I'll tell you some other ones that I can drop the names. But great. this one is so significant because um, it is very, very high profile client, billionaire and um, newly married or about to be. And so the wife was, our new wife, was in charge of, you know, this kind of big coming out event. And one of the things they'd done is they'd been, this house had been under construction forever to finally, they're going to fill this Olympic sized swimming pool and have, you know, 9,000 of their best friends over, not really 9,000, but, and she was like, well, what kind of entertainment, like, could we do? And she was like, maybe synchronized swimmers, maybe. You know, and then she wanted Cavalia, you know, the horses. And I was like, okay, you know, no worries. But even in those days, you know, before quarantine, there was a quarantine. And those, I was like, those horses, you are going to pay for those horses to come from, I think they were coming from Spain or something at that point. Oh, yeah. previous gig. They're all going to quarantine. Then they're going to get here. They're going to have a certain amount of time to practice because, of course, she had like a riding rink and all that stuff. And I was just like, she's like, okay, well, what else, you know? And so then she wanted dolphins to swim in the pool, you know, the trained dolphins. And I was like, okay, hi, you know, I'm, I'll do anything you want, right? I'm within reason. But I said, you know, we're going to have PETA. They're going to be at the back door. Um, you and this this new life you are creating here around being, economic, you know, whatever, ecologically responsible and whatever. And we're going to have dolphins in that pool for your gazillion dollar event. Yeah. Okay. They're going to be like, like beating down the gate, you know, and it's just, but it's just amazing that there are really people out there who are like, well, just bring in Cavalia or just bring in the dolphins to just swim. I mean, can you like, ima- like have your listeners imagine? I, 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 th- I think, I think what that, that there are I'm people out there are, there are people out there who, when it gets to a certain point of financial wealth, yeah, that it really doesn't become a consideration for them anymore no you know what 150,000 to bring some horses in from Spain yeah fine oh, great send me the yeah. send me the bill not a problem at all you know yeah. it's it, it, it's like me clicking go on a new cable for my laptop off of Amazon you know right. it is it, it does become that mundane for them at that level right. of wealth. Like whatever and and then the other thing that was like I mean there's there's a billion stories right a lot of I'm laughing at dolphins in swimming pools I mean, just, right, uh, but like just literally imagine just think for a second we're gonna what are you gonna have the truckload of dolphins i mean dolphins swim right like how you know trans like so we transport them even to the side of the pool like i like what are they in a chute coming in like it's just mind-boggling not to mention the fact that the whole thing would have like wet and wild just get a big slide it would be wet (laughs) wild all right on on, for many many reasons um but another one that is, I just remember is when we did this event for, for Britney Spears and, and we were doing like, I can't think of anything for that event. We weren't doing like we were doing every aspect of it. Okay. Like the centerpieces, the, the, the rentals, the decor, the entertainment, everything. So the reason I say that is because if there was an issue, it would come back to us. Right. Of course. Because yeah. We the buck were, stops with you. We were the point person. And so, you know, you sign the confidentiality agreements and all this stuff. And I take that stuff very seriously. So I've got like everybody down the line signing the confidentiality agreements and the whole thing. And, and then I remember as it's getting closer and closer. And this is one of the, the times I started to, to realize, wow, this is how the game is played. And some of this came out in magazines, so I can say it. But 
you all of a sudden it was like this this one store that is like very famous for you know doing like the gift bag the swag and stuff mm-hmm. they somehow leaked when I was going to be picking the stuff up because I was supposed to pick the the gift bags up and then deliver them to to this house where it was going to be. It was at, it, at one of the real housewives of Beverly Hills house. And I was supposed to deliver it. And then I was like, Oh my God, like, like, well, of course they, I hadn't leaked it. Right. And so, but to me, I was like, Oh my God, the, you know, Britney Spears camp is going to think that I leaked it. And so I was like, no, So I made it so that the gift bags were coming back to my house. And then, you know, there'd be a day delay. And I was, you know, all this like Mm. black ops and this whole thing. And then I remember the day of and we're setting up and there are helicopters and like the helicopters are flying so low. I mean, when people talk about that, like it's scary. It is freaking scary because I mean, you have kids, you have whatever. And I remember just being like, oh my God, like there's only one way the helicopters could know. And I was like, I had put every contract under a different name (laughs) i had put everything like i was like there is no way but then what you start to realize is all these these celebrities to be celebrities right there are a lot of players and the manager is one player and their publicist is another player right and their agent is another player and their lawyer everybody has a different agenda slightly you know one gets paid by a percentage one has got to clean up some media stuff. So people are leaking, right, for their agenda. And at the end of the day, it's often, not often, really often leaked intentionally or strategically leaked. And so that's when I realized, oh my gosh, here I am shouldering like Mount Olympus for me, going, oh, I don't want to mess it up and I'm taking this so responsibly. And only to find out that that's just part of the game. They're going to leak it to this publicist and they're going to leak it to this magazine. And then sure enough, you know, it was amazing. Now Mm. it's a double-edged sword because you can leak all kinds of things and they flip on you, you know? So it was, I just remember being like, wow, this is, this is crazy. And just shout out to poor Jamie Spears, who's gotten, you know, Jamie and uh, uh, Brittany's dad. And the mom, Lynn, I mean, I feel like I want to be their publicist because I'm telling you, those people are the nicest people in the world. And talk about two people who had her best interest at stake at least the entire time I was had anything ever to do with them. And it was just like they just wanted her to be happy and protected and have this great party and the whole thing. And but I remember being so stressed out. And then all of a sudden I saw the pictures in People Magazine. I was like, oh, yeah, that was me. <laughs> you forget all that. It's like childbirth, right? You're like, oh. On a, on a serious note, when you get to, you know, what is, and I, I have no hesitation in saying the elite level, you know, when you're you're dealing with that sort of level of client and that level of celebrity. Yeah. Have you, can you confidently say now that with the integrity that, you practice and deliver your own business and with the reputation that you've now got built up over you know two decades of of doing this can you sit a bit more comfortably now when you see something like that happen when you think ah that's clearly a publicist that's leaked that is it water for ducks back now to you oh completely because i know i'm so compulsive and that's probably what makes me good at what i do like i'm gonna notice the linen that is you know a half an inch off the floor or the seam Mm -hmm. that's inside out on something you know 
So I now go into it eyes wide open. First of all, that this is a business transaction, right? Yeah. Contracts need to be signed. Deposits need to be paid. Uh, it is business. It, it is not starstruckness. It's not love. It's business. And I think when you go in with that attitude and are like, nope, sorry, yes, that needs to be initialed. Yes, that change order has to be like, I know it's all good. We're going to be good, but it has to be. And so should something slip through the cracks, if like, I know that I will be standing there with paper confidentiality agreements, you know, for sure. people to sign in case the electronic one didn't go through, or I will, I'm just a real stickler for that. So mm. if anybody, and sometimes, you know, they, they try to act like, oh, well, you know, with somebody on your, I'm like, oh, hell no, it was not. <laughs> if you would like to see uh, all the measures we put in place, uh, bring it on, you know. But that's where the iPhone or, or, you know, whatever you use now really comes oh, into its own because, yeah. you know, going back to when you started the business in 2000 and you're using an old Nokia or Sony <laughs> cell phone, you know, I bet now to, to be able to just grab the phone out of your pocket, whiz through your emails oh, or yeah. whiz through a document yeah. folder and say, there are your contracts. There and it, it has saved me on so many occasions where, and sometimes, and I can think of one instance in particular where it was like, I was sitting with the person and they had agreed and, you know, we were having this conversation and nothing had happened to in the past or anything, but I just was like, could you just please reply? Even just she's like, well, we're talking about it right now. And I was like, I know, but can you just reply? Yes. Or approved or something just so that we're on the same page. Sure enough, she replied yes. Mm. And that was... <laughs> The straw that broke the camel's back in terms of on her end, I'm like, well, I didn't I was like, okay, and you did, and here you go. Because yeah, yeah, you, you have to. You you it's it's not it's not about thinking anybody's up to anything, it's just about there's a lot of communication flying around and people are busy and sometimes they forget and people make honest mistakes, and you just want to know that your honest mistakes are gonna land with a yes, you know, in your in yeah. your inbox. And the, 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 you know, I have to say, mo whilst most most people's phones are populated of you know pictures of their kids dancing or you know photos of their dog, you know, I look through my phone and most of them are photos of something that I've done at an event that I've just snapped a couple of photos of of evidence, and it's got me not out of jail, but it's it's settled a few debates on more than one occasion. Wow. Just last just last week, I, I was building a stage for an awards event, mm -hmm. and we had a, a musical act performing who'd performed yeah. at the previous event and mm -hmm. I'd give them all the specs and the specs were identical to when they'd performed previously. Mm -hmm. Absolutely identical. And the first thing they did is they came in and they said that stage is smaller than last time. Oh, And it was better. such an easy no. discussion to just nip in the bud because I just went into a folder on my phone. I got up the photos of the stage in 2019 that I took before a stitch of production had been put on top mm -hmm. of it. And you can count the stage blocks. Yep. Yep. And you, it's and like Lego. You can see it. And there it is. It's the same size. Right. The same and, one that's been built this year. And it's just about being good at your job. It's just about that being your default. You know, like I always, like when we go into a venue or something, you know, because you pay, you you have a, a, a you know security deposit or damage deposit, whatever it's going to be. Mm -hmm. And so when I get to a venue, I am like, this stain is on the carpet. Like, the, bah, 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 bah. I have my timestamp photos. I'm like, okay, hi, here's all the things that, I mean, it's no problem. Nobody's going to see it. But don't even think that you're coming back to me later to replace the carpet. Yeah, and saying, oh, red wine stain. No, 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 uh, that like was there. It's, it's kind of like, you know, when you drop, when you get up the car from the valet or whatever. 
and they're like, okay, this dent was here, this dent was here, this dent was here. Do we all agree? Yes. And then it comes back with the same dents. Everybody's fine. It comes back with like a few more and, you know, okay, but I'm not going to be paying for all the dents on this car for, that it's had for its whole life. So it is, it's just, it's, it's turned so much into the business of event planning. It really has. And it has to happen though, especially when yeah. there's that sort of, you know, that level of finance at stake, you know, right. when you're talking with the budgets and, and the quality of the venues that you must be working in, you you you're talking, you know, six figures sometimes maybe on top of the bill if, if something's gone wrong or if you haven't seen something. Well, and, and I just that whole, you know, the whole world, I think, has heard of that whole uh, movie thing with Alec Baldwin with Rush. Sure, yeah. And, you know, I always just go as soon as something like that happens is like, hey, you know, you, you feel so horrible and you think, oh, my God, you know, like it's just so sad. And then, you know, after a while, then it sort of kicks in and I go to the, the business component and I'm like, oh, God, because everybody's going to be sued. And it's the same movies or it's the same thing with events. You know, every participant is going to get sued, which is already starting. You know, you got Glory all right now representing some script supervisor. I'm like, How? <laughs> OK, but whatever. And we have to think of it that way in terms of events. And and then you get to the insurance component. And I remember when I found out that that, that set had like a $6 million umbrella policy and a $1 million per occurrence. And I was like, I have more insurance than that. Like, and I was not doing, there are no firearms involved at all in my, <laughs> you know, yeah. uh, latest events. Just and dancing then, horses and dolphins. Dancing <laughs> horses and dolphins being unloaded with dolphins are probably worth more than God knows what, but but you just, I just was like, this is going to be a bloodbath. Like, no pun intended, because $1 million per occurrence, that's all that they're going to pay out, right? And then it's up to the $6 million. And it, you just start going, ay, yeah, yeah, that these things are real wake up calls to all, this is all great. Mm. It's still a business and you are responsible for people. And you know, you have a cord that's going across something that's not taped down properly. And that's why events cost what they cost to be done by professional people. I mean, somebody trips and falls yeah. and, you know, does this or loses a couple. I mean, forget it. You You're talking to the duct tape king here. You yeah. know, very and rare. The very rare. You won't see me with a roll of tape on my wrist at any event. <laughs> Just going now. around put, putting tape around everything. Cable, yeah. tape. Yeah microphones tape you know <laughs> vase of flowers tape yeah it's, exactly. on the, it's on the floor put some white tape around right. it you know at it. least if somebody trips over it we can say that it was tape it was, they can see it tape. yeah exactly. yeah um yeah. but yeah yeah you 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 do you have to and and i suppose the example that you've just used there of the of of, of rust is that it's that oh it will never happen to us attitude that unfortunately there are there are an awful lot of events that run brilliantly and are very well organizers regardless of what they are it could be a conference an expo a trade show a convention a live music tour right. a lot of them are run well but we have to admit and hold our hands up to the fact that there is still an awful lot of the industry and people who run events who don't do them according to all of the legislation and the legal requirements with all the necessary insurances and safety checks and things like that and they still operate under this absolutely thing of it will never happen to me right. and unfortunately what that has showed with Alec Baldwin is it could happen to you and if it does you will be royally screwed and you're you will you'll be toast for the rest of your life I mean can you imagine him he has like seven kids or something I mean and the wife and the whole I mean how do you I mean he just killed somebody basically it pretty close to point blank I mean 
that's career killer career over yeah i mean and depending on how he handles it you know hollywood is a very strange machine (laughs) he might be the next oprah winfrey i mean we don't know but it is there are just a lot of things that you have to be mindful for and i think at, at the end of the day sometimes when you know it comes down to price and like oh why does it cost this much or i'm gonna go with this person because they're cheaper and i'm like okay awesome just make sure that you see their proof of insurance and that it is valid and that you are named additionally insured and all these things you know different terms than you guys have in the uk and around the world but that we have here Hey, the fundamentals are the same. The terms may be different, but, but the exactly. fundamentals are the same. And when you open the client's eyes to that, and then they go, oh, it's <laughs> like, listen, I'm not just, I don't have just an, this extra fat margin that I'm just saying, oh, listen, just pay me. No, it's because of this, 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 and this that adds up. And if you're getting that price, something is wrong. Like those shoes are not Chanel. <laughs> <You know? laughs> they are somebody saying they're Chanel. Do you know what I feel like today, Marley? Because I've got one eye on the clock, unfortunately, which I have to when we're doing this. Because I know how I know our audience, and I know how long they like to listen into this. Yeah. But I feel that what we've done is open Pandora's box of us slightly yeah. by, with talking to you today. Yeah. And um, it, it, this this could potentially become something regular on the Event Industry News podcast, where we yeah. dive into the world of the party goddess to see yes. what you're working on at the moment. Because there's so many other things that I'm sure we could touch on that would be relevant to the people that listen to this that well, you've got experience of and you could share some some knowledge of um and i, I would like and i put put you on the spot by saying oh, come on I again come on come on again yeah you know come on and let's talk about something else and if you're listening to this today tweet us at event news block tell us what you'd like us to put to marley and we'll yeah. get her back on in the new year yeah. and you know let, 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 let's find out if, if you're happy for us to pick your brains 100%. Then I might have we, to fly there to do it. I might have to be like, I'm going to fly there just to kind of hang out in London because, yeah, I'm doing me a podcast and I'm going to be in the next room. <laughs> well, some of, some of us are coming to you uh, next year. You know, Event event Tech Live, which we are very closely associated with, is, oh, is as many of our podcast followers will already be aware, Event Tech Live announced at its London show a few weeks ago that it is launching Event Tech Live USA in Vegas in June. So wow. we are taking the Event Tech Live okay. show over to uh, LA, uh over to vegas in june next year and i'm i'm hopefully going to be part of that production team as i am on the event tech live it UK like, show. So. this is when i was watching bloomberg you know when i was in in uk and they're doing the singapore conference and they were all excited because they were like live with all these people in singapore <laughs> and i was like that'll be like finally i see you you're in in london i'm in out from la now we're all together in vegas yeah so I would love that. It'd be super fun. We'll catch up with you. It, we've been talking on the podcast today to LA's number one event planner, the party goddess herself, Marley Major. She's joined us today to share some history, some experiences. And as I said, we've literally scratched the surface of what we could talk about um, with Marley. It, it's been a real pleasure, as I said, having followed you on social media for a few years now to actually get a chance to have a chat with you. And genuinely, thank you for coming on the podcast today and having a chat with us. Well, thank you. I do not take this stuff for granted and I, I appreciate that the interest is there and it's it's kind of just nice to be in a spot in your career where you can go okay yeah I've been there seen that like and then help other people because it does feel overwhelming and so I mean that's obviously why you sure do what you do as well so yeah love it Absolutely.
Absolutely. If you want to find out more about what Marley and her team do, um, there's some links up on the screen at the moment if you're watching the video version of this on eventindustrynews.com. If you're listening to this as an audio version, uh, marleymajor.com, and that's major, M-A-J-C-H-E-R, marleymajor.com is where to go to, and also the party goddess. And both of those websites are, are interlinked. So if you land on either one of those, I've done that this afternoon myself, you'll find you're, you, it really easy to navigate between all the different things that, that Marley's got going on and find out a little bit more. And of course, if you go on any of your social media platforms and search for Marley Major, then uh, as I said, you will definitely find her and uh, I would recommend that you follow her. There's some great stuff on there, some great stuff on the blog recently, uh, particularly for our US uh, uh, listeners, uh, stuff about Thanksgiving and, yeah. and table settings and all sorts of all sorts of great stuff. Um, really appreciate it today, Marley. Of course, to all of our own followers, if you are uh, watching this, as I said, on eventindustrynews.com, then hello to you all. Thanks for tuning in on the website. And whilst you're here, make sure you click around some of the other areas of the website, check out the latest news, features and supplements that are on event industrynews.com and of course there is the audio version of all of our podcasts available via your chosen podcast platform it's out there to listen to and over 250 episodes now featuring all sorts of people and topics from across this broad spectrum of life that we call the events industry. Um, it brings us to the end of today's episode. It's been great to talk to Marley Major, who's joined us today from her base in LA. We'll see her again on the podcast next year, but for now, we're going to finish today. Thanks very much, everybody, for tuning in, and we'll see you on the next edition of the Event Industry News Podcast. Mm-hmm.